want you to take out a pen. Would you do that? You're not taking notes, but I'm going to, if you could write just a few words down for me, it will help you to get the message today. All right? So get out a pen and just a scrap piece of paper, the back of the bulletin, something, not the hymn book, please, all right? But any kind of a scrap piece of paper. And I'll tell you up front, the reason I want you to do this is so that you can see your answers and not just have them in your head. So you're sort of, you're going to be accountable to yourself here. Nobody else is going to see what you write unless you choose to show it to them. But this is for your eyes only, all right? Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to ask you a series of questions here. And I want you to consider your heart, consider yourself. And honestly write down a yes or a no. Now look, you can lie to yourself, but then it's not going to do you any good. Nobody's going to see it but you unless you choose to show them. But this is ideally, this is for you, and you will get the most help from what I'm going to show you if you will just be honest and genuine. Okay, so here's the first question. Write down yes or no. Number one, do you feel every day a strong confidence that you are genuinely loved and cared about? Yes or no? Now, by the way, if you are, uh, yeah, I guess so, then I think that's a no. Because I said strong confidence. So I would say if your first response is absolutely, that's a yes. If your first response is, well, that's probably a no. Do you feel every day a strong confidence that you are genuinely loved and cared about? Yes or no. Number two, yes or no. Do you regularly feel wherever you go that you belong? That you are accepted. Yes or no? Do you regularly feel, wherever you go, that you belong? That you are accepted? Number three. Do you have a general peace about your connections with other people? Yes or no? So I'm going to read one through three again, and then there's three more. Number one, do you feel every day a strong confidence that you are genuinely loved and cared about? Number two, do you regularly feel, wherever you go, that you belong, that you are accepted? And number three, do you have a general peace about your connections with other people? Now let's go on to four, five, and six. Yes or no? Do you regularly find yourself feeling like a reject or an outsider? Yes or no? Do you regularly find yourself feeling like a reject or an outsider? Number five, yes or no? Do you often assume that people are down on you, that they dislike you, that they are judging you? Or condemning you. Number five is yes or no. Once again. Do you often assume that people are down on you. 
that they dislike you, that they are judging you, or are condemning you. And number six, last one. Do you see yourself as awkward or as a misfit? Okay, so on your paper, if you participated in this, you should have, maybe you numbered them. If you do, you would have one through six. And next to each number, you would have a yes or no. If you didn't number them, then you have a a set of six words, yeses and nos, in front of you. So, with that in mind, if you have written down one through three, three genuine yeses, followed by four through six, three genuine nos, then you are probably emotionally healthy. Now, (laughs) you're not emotionally healthy if right now you're going, see, see, I passed, I passed. (laughs) That's a fail right there. If you have three genuine yeses followed by three genuine noes, you're probably emotionally pretty healthy. But if there are any no's in the first three, or any yeses in the second three, you're missing out on something good that God has for you. If there are any no's in the first three questions, or any yeses in the last three questions, then without a doubt, you're missing out on something good that God has for you. What is that good thing? All right, 1 John 4, 18, this phrase. Perfect love casteth out fear. Perfect love is the thing that God has for you. That if there is fear as reflected in those six questions, You don't have perfect love. You're not enjoying perfect love. By the way, this is not about you giving perfect love. The context in general here in 1 John 4 is about us giving perfect love. But also in that context, we find out that love comes from God. So if you're not giving perfect love, it's because you haven't received perfect love. And if you haven't received perfect love, it's not because God hasn't given it to you. It's because he is offering it to you and you're not taking it. So, if there are, I'm just one last time, any no's in the first three questions or any yeses in the last three questions, you are not fully enjoying the perfect love that God has for you. Listen, your issues as reflected in these six questions are not with people. They are with God. If you really enjoyed and were secure in God's love for you, you would feel confident everywhere you go. I'm not saying you would never feel uncomfortable again. I'm not saying you would never be in an awkward situation again. I'm saying when everything's good with God's love for you, 
Life becomes more of a breeze than it's ever been before. You don't even notice that. Maybe when I read one of these questions, you said, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, there's just one guy at work, and he really is a moron, and uh, therefore I have to write no. Okay, maybe you weren't listening to the question. I'm talking about a general lifestyle, not one idiot at work. But I'll tell you, when your heart is flooded with God's perfect love, when you're convinced that God loves you, that guy won't get you off track. So I say again, your issues are not with people. They're with God. Don't sit there and think, man, if somebody else would just treat me right, my life would be better. That's not true. That's not. By the way, that's the lie that is being sold to our younger generation. That all your problems is because of the way other people are treating you. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. All your troubles, that's why in universities we have to provide safe spaces where, where no one can harm you. That's a lie. Our problems are not because of the way other people, everybody in this room gets mistreated on a daily basis. Why? Because there's idiots everywhere. Yeah, let's everybody just say amen on that one. There's idiots everywhere. Amen. Yeah. And yet, the majority of people in this room live in a peaceful climate. How can you live in a peaceful climate when there's idiots everywhere? Because if you have peace with God, you're able to overcome the idiots. You're able, and by the way, you don't even identify the idiots as idiots. You just see them as people. Man, I wish he had the peace I had. I wish, I wish she knew the love that I know. So, I'll say it again. Your issues are not with people. They are with God. If you have turmoil in your soul, it's because you're not enjoying perfect love. Because perfect love casts out fear. Oh, I want to repeat that about 20 times. If you have issues in your soul, it's because you're not enjoying perfect love. Because perfect love casts out out fear and the torment that comes with it. God has perfect love available for you and if you have these fear issues, you're not enjoying God's perfect love. Turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Perfect love casts out fear and perfect love only comes from God. We can love others with perfect love or we can strive to have that perfect love, but we can't love others with perfect love until we are first loved by God or we first receive God's perfect love for us. For 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So your fears and your insecurities, your instabilities, do not come from God. Yeah, where do they come from? That almost doesn't matter. 
Now, it doesn't hurt to, to track them and, and all that, but it almost doesn't matter where they come from. Okay, let me put it this way. If you will get the perfect love that comes from God, the fears and insecurities will be overcome. They will flee, and you won't care about them anymore. You won't care about tracking them anymore. So you won't have to sit there and dissect, well, Let's see, you know what? I'll tell you why I have this fear because it was that time when I was seven years old and look, I, that has its place sometimes. That has its place sometimes. I'm not minimizing that, but I'll tell you what our focus ought to be is getting the perfect love that comes from God. Now true, sometimes you can't get it if there's something blocking your thinking or blocking your heart. That's true. And again, I'm not minimizing when somebody who knows far more about it than I do takes you back and says, well, that's where you opened that door. That's where that first began. That's legit. But I think the greatest solution is found in letting God love us with perfect love. And those issues flee. And you can forgive people who haven't even asked for your forgiveness. And you can overcome insecurities that you're not even sure where they come from, but you know they're there. God has not given us the spirit of fear. So if we're living in the spirit of fear, that didn't come from God. If you don't have a strong confidence that you're genuinely loved and cared about, that is a fear. Wait a minute, how is that a fear? Because God said he loves you. And if you're not confident that he loves you, even though he said he does, he does, then that is a fear in your heart that is blocking God's love. And that fear didn't come from God. God didn't give you that spirit of fear. If you do not regularly feel wherever you go that you, are, that you belong and that you are accepted, that is a fear. And that fear, that spirit of fear did not come from God. If you do not have a general peace about your connection with other people, that is a fear. And that fear did not come from God. 2 Timothy 1.7 says so. God has not given us his children. He has not given us the spirit of fear. Now, if you don't know Christ, if you're not a child of God, your whole life is going to be fear and torment. But I'm talking to children of God here. If you're a child of God, if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, and you have these fears in your heart, they didn't come from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear. If you regularly find yourself feeling like a reject or an outsider, that's a fear, and it didn't come from God. If you often assume that people are down on you, they dislike you, they're judging you, they're condemning you, and that's the whole thing that our young people are being taught and sold on. They're being robbed by people telling you, no, everybody's judging you, everybody's condemning you, everybody, we got to put you in a safe space. That's a lie, it's garbage, it's nonsense. And it is being shoveled to our kids, to our younger generation in their, in their classrooms, in their universities, in their music, in their entertainment, in, the, in, their, in their Facebook and Instagram pages, in their Twitter feeds. They're being fed it constantly. You know, I'm on, I, I probably tell you about every, every service, that I'm, I'm on Twitter. And I follow people that encourage and strengthen. Even if it's in a challenging way, it's still, that's a, a challenge is encouraging. 
I don't follow people. If, if somebody starts throwing trash around and I just, I ain't got time for that. I, you know, whatever. Get, get, you know, go somewhere else and, and peddle your nonsense. But once in a while, I will look, I will, somebody says something good and I'll know that's so good that there's got to be a lot of jerks out there that are making ne- negative comments. So you got you to follow a path to get there. But I'll look and see what the idiots have to say about that good thing that somebody said. And I'll just be, I don't do it often, but I'll just be reminded all over again that there's a whacked out, crazy, ridiculous, insane way of thinking in this world that is very common. And go, I can't believe anybody, anybody thinks that way. That is so ridiculous. That is so insane. That is so inhuman. But it's common. And our kids are being sold a bunch of garbage. We're being sold a bunch of garbage. And we got to decide that we're not going to buy it. But if you do often assume that people are down on you, that they dislike you, that they're judging you, that they're condemning you, that's a spirit of fear and it didn't come from God. If you see yourself as awkward or a misfit. Now look, we all go through a stage. We all go through stages where we are awkward. But I'm talking about the predominant view that you have of yourself is that you're a misfit, you're awkward. Well, a spirit of fear has gotten into your head didn't come from God. All right? Let's wind the message up. We're getting close to the end here. Romans chapter 5. Turn there. I want you to see. Romans chapter 5. I'll show you one verse of Romans chapter 5. I'll give you a couple of statements and read you four other verses and ask you just to write the references down. And we'll wind this up within about six minutes here. Romans chapter 5, verse number 5. Hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. What? Where does that perfect love come from? The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Can, Can I give you a picture? I'm not saying this is the meaning of shed abroad, but could I give you a picture? It's being pumped in. It is being pumped in. You go to your faucet and you turn it and water comes out. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? And you know when you really believe that it's a wonderful thing when one time you turn it and nothing comes out. And you go, oh! And then you get it fixed and you go, oh! And then sometimes you just, I just want to do it to watch it come out. Have you ever had something broken for a long time and, uh, and finally you get it fixed? I just, I, just want, I just want to flip the switch and watch the light come on. Oh, that's so good. It hasn't, we've done that in a while. Do you know why the water comes out when you turn it? And Rob could explain this a whole lot better than I can. Because you're, the, the water, the pipes in your house are constantly pressurized all day long, all day, every day. They are pressurized. So all you're doing is opening up. It, it's closed. It's in a closed position. And you, you turn the switch or whatever you do, the handle, and it's opening up the spout so that the pressurized water can shoot out. And when you're done, you close it back up. Why? Because it's being pumped in. It's being pumped in. The Holy Ghost pumps the love of God into your heart. But I wonder how many of us have the valve turned off. 
The Holy Ghost is pumping the love of God into our hearts if we're letting him. So, let me give you four scriptures about the Spirit of God. Two of them are for the same point. Just write the references down. Don't turn for sake of time. Galatians 5.16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 25, Galatians. That was Galatians 5.16. This is Galatians 5.25. If we live in the Spirit, or in other words, if we're made alive in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Are you walking in the Spirit? Does the Spirit of God lead you? And Do you let Him lead you? Do you follow His lead? Do you seek the Lord in your decisions? Or do you do those things that you have already sought the Lord and come to the conclusion, yes, this pleases God, so I'm going to do this. This doesn't please God, so I'm going to stop this. Are, does, your, does your lifestyle, are you in communication with God? If you're not walking in the Spirit, you know what? The pressure is not going to be that great. You ever, you ever, you know, you go to a, a motel somewhere and, and you get in a shower and you're like, man, there's just little drips of water coming. Oh, man, this is going to be the worst shower of my whole life. What's wrong? There's a problem with the pressure of the water coming out. <clears throat> when you're not walking in the Spirit, the Spirit of God still lives in you, but, but you're not walking in the Spirit, so He doesn't have a real clear path to pump the love of God into your heart. When you're walking in the Spirit and there's no blockage, and I'll show you blockage in a minute, when you're walking in the Spirit and there's no blockage, oh man, the love of God is, the perfect love of God is just going to fill your heart. Another verse, write this reference down, Ephesians 4.30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Grieve. The word grieve, we associate that with what? Death. Do not do things that make God's spirit mourn. How easily, if we're living a carnal lifestyle, how easily we can do things that make the spirit of God grieve, mourn. And when the spirit of God is grieving, when he is mourning, perfect love of God is not going to be shed abroad in your heart. Don't think that you can just go commit that favorite sin of yours one time and then come back and pray a quick prayer and everything's going to be great again. It's going to be like it was before. No, not while the Spirit of God is mourning. I'll just go watch that and I'll come back and everything will be great. I'll, I'll pray my prayer. Lord, forgive me in Jesus' name. Amen. Everything will be great. No, it won't. Because the Spirit of God is grieving. And all of a sudden, and, you know, man, I can't understand it. I'm not, I'm just not feeling God's love like I was. I'm just not confident in God's love like I was. Because you grieved his spirit and the spirit of God who sheds God's love abroad in your heart, pumps it in there. You cut off your resource. Another thing that we do, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, quench not the spirit. Now, quenching the spirit means just, just flat out putting it out. Now, the you know, okay, what's the difference between grieving the spirit and quenching the spirit? I'm not sure that I can, you know, accurately pinpoint the precise difference, but quenching the spirit, I believe, has more to do with our interactions with other people than grieving. Grieving the spirit, I believe, is just straight up what 
causes, uh, sins that we commit in general. But quenching the Spirit, I believe, is more specifically when the Spirit of God is moving and our actions or our attitudes put them out. Quench not the Spirit. Now listen. When you allow the Spirit of God to work freely and fully in your heart, the fear issues are washed away. The fear issues are washed away. And so what's happening? The Spirit of God is pumping. Give me this, Rob, if you would. The Spirit of God is pumping the perfect love of God into your heart. And you are living your whole life in the confidence, God loves me. Listen, when you live your life in the confidence that God loves you, it won't matter what Brother Steve says about you. Because the perfect love of God has cast out all fear. When you live with the perfect love of God shed abroad in your heart, it won't matter the snippy thing that Eric says to you. Or what you suspect, you know what, I think they're over here talking about me. None of that will matter. Because you're living on a different plane. Where the perfect love of God is shed abroad in your heart. And you, listen, you will not find a place in the Bible. If you care about the Bible and what it says, you will not find a place in the Bible where we are encouraged to blame other people for our fears. Why? Because the source of our fears is not other people. You say, yeah, but, but Fred's such a jerk. He may be, but that's not your problem. Your problem is that you have not let the Spirit of God pump the perfect love of God into your heart. And guess what? If you will let him do that, he may be able to use you once you've gotten the victory to come back and help Fred overcome his jerkness. And I definitely am picking on people here who are the kindest people in the world. That's why I didn't use Brother Freddie. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) The perfect love of God would cure your identity crisis. The perfect love of God would make you confident at school. The perfect love of God would make you confident at work. Not, I don't mean cocky. I don't mean that at all. I don't mean that. I mean, you could still continue to be the quiet, meek person that maybe you are. But you have an inner confidence, an inner peace that God loves me with perfect love. He's in control. Will you still have trouble? Yes. Will you still, have, will you still encounter jerks? Yes, of course. They're always going to be there. But he has given you the perfect love. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Father, I pray that you would take what we talked about this morning and give people the victory. Give people the victory. Give people the victory to overcome their own fears, their own insecurities. And Lord, we all have them. We all battle them. But thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory. Now pray 
please, that we would walk in the Spirit and be careful not to quench the Spirit, not to grieve the Spirit, so that the Spirit of God could freely pump the perfect love of God into our hearts. I pray. Let's stand together this morning.